and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I've just been thinking about what I should preach on and um, just really the basic, the basic gospel that is so beautiful and so good. Why did Jesus come? Why was he sent from the Father into the world? We say that Jesus is the reason for the season. Amen? Amen. Is it presents, kids? You can't wait for presents, right? Opening up your presents or all the other commercialized things. But the reason for this season, the reason for Christmas is to celebrate the birth of a Savior. Jesus is born and He is Messiah. And yet, why did He come? You. You are His reason. Jesus is the reason for the season and you and I are the reason for Him. He desires you and He loves you. The name Jesus means God saves. When we invoke His name, we are, we are really taking on the mission of Him to save us, to save us from sin, to save us from death, to give us everlasting life. Why did Jesus come? To reveal the love of God. John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that all who may believe in Him may not perish, but have eternal life. Amen. God loves you. He loves you so much that He gave His only Son. He sent Jesus to reveal His love, that you're not defined by your sin. Who here has sinned? All of us. We've all sinned. And when we sin, we say, we're just such sinners, and we beat our breast, you know? And yet the Father wants to communicate to you, I love you. And when you sin, He loves you more. Why did Jesus come into the world? Because Jesus wants a relationship with you. God humbled Himself. He came into this world so that we can communicate with Him. We're not like the Muslims who think that God is up there. But He comes down into the world. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. God is with us. That's what we believe. And that's the reality because God sent His Son into the world. Amen? Woo! Good job, buddy. Why did Jesus come into the world? Because He wants a relationship and He wants to be friends. Jesus wants to be your bestie. The girls might hear that a little better. Jesus wants to be your friend. I have a question. If you sin, does God love you? Yeah, right? Okay, like I said, when we sin, we doubt God's love. We say, oh, we're not worthy of that love. But God is love. And God loves you. And that's why He sent His Son. I have another question. If you sin, are you friends with God? No, you're not. Oh. If you sin, God loves you. But if you sin, you're not God's friend. Why? Not because God doesn't want to be your friend. God is calling you like the good father of the prodigal son. The son ran away from his dad and said, Dad, I'd rather be isolated. I don't even want you. And the father, when his son comes back, the father says, My son, I've been waiting for you. I love you. When we sin, are we friends with God? 
We're not. That's not from God. That's our choice. That's up to us. And God wants friendship. And that's why he sends Jesus to teach us the way of love so that we don't sin. We may feel that's impossible, Father. We're all sinners. There's too much sin in the world. There's too much temptation. God has given us his spirit so that we can cry out, Abba, Father. And by the spirit of God, there is freedom in Christ where sin does not have to reign. Sin is not our Lord because of the spirit of Jesus. This is what Jesus says in John 15. This is my commandment. What's the commandment of Jesus? One word. Starts with an L. Love. In Sudeth, H. Hubba, right? Love. I know this is a Sudeth man, so both. Okay. This is my commandment. Love one another as I love you. Jesus is saying, I love you. No one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Then Jesus says, You are my friends if... That means there's a condition to friendship. Jesus says, You are my friends if you do what I command you. The condition of relationship is discipleship. To follow Jesus. That's how we're going to have a relationship with God. Is to be a disciple and to follow Him. Jesus says... Take up your cross and follow me. Some would say, Jesus says, you're my friends if you do what I command you. It sounds like a slave mentality. Like, oh, we have to listen to God, right? And that's the only way we're going to be friends. And it feels like we're slaves to God's commandments. That might feel that way. But here's the difference between a slave and a friend. A friend wants to lead others to the right. And Jesus is saying, follow me as I take you to my Father. The difference with God, with Jesus as a friend, or if you might think a slave, is that Jesus does not order you. Like how our parents would say, you have to do this, clean your bed, do the dishes, whatever it may be. God does not force you. God gives you a choice. He gave you free will. He invites you and says, I want you to be my friend. Jesus gives you a decision, but here's the beautiful part. Jesus gives you a decision and says, I'm going to go first. I'll do it first. Jesus says, carry your cross and follow me. Meaning, I'm going to carry the cross first. Jesus says, love me, right? He says, love me. But Jesus says, I'm going to love you first. Jesus says, die for me. And Jesus dies first. One of my favorite chapters in the Bible is 1 John chapter 4. It talks about God's love. And one of my favorite verses is verse 19. We love because he first loved us. God loves you first. And he invites you into that relationship. And he says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. And my command is love. And that love is for your good. You will be happy if you follow me. Amen? Amen. And for those who follow Christ, they know what I'm talking about. They know the joy. They know the peace. 
They know the love. They know the mercy. They know the acceptance. They know the promise of Jesus because they've already accepted it. And today, the Lord wants you to accept it. Love. Accept my love. I love you. Accept it. Parents, do you want your kids to follow you? Of course. Then you must lead by example. Just as Jesus says, follow me, Jesus does it first. He follow, we follow because he did it. So parents, if you want your kids to be selfless, to be loving, to be service-oriented, you have to show them by doing it first. You, when your baby, when you first saw your baby, it was like, that's it. My life is over. This is like, this, this is amazing. I love my child and I'm going to die for my child. And then something creeps in where we realize like, oh, I want something for myself now too. But we've got we've to gotta die to ourselves and just continue to receive the grace of that first time you saw your child. And continue to selflessly love your children. Children do not listen to hypocrites. Is that true? Will you, if I'm a hypocrite, and you don't know because you don't know my real life, so just pray for me though, right? But if I'm a hypocrite, don't listen to me. Nobody listens to hypocrites. That's why Jesus does it first. He's not a hypocrite. All right. Joseph and Mary, they're looking for a place to give birth to Jesus. And they're knocking. Whatever. They're knocking on doors. And Joseph and Mary are knocking on the door of your heart. And Jesus wants to be born in your heart. And the gospel says, there is no room in the inn. There was no room. And it made me think, Jesus, I feel like Jesus wanted, it was his plan to be born in the lowest of the lows, in a stable with animals and poor. I, felt, I feel like, gee, that's exactly what God wanted. God, in your heart, God doesn't want all of the highlight stuff, like the highlight reel. Who here has social media? Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok. Okay, no one posts a bad picture, right? Every picture you post for Christmas, all your Christmas cards, if you send Christmas cards to your families, you're going to post the best picture. God doesn't want your best picture. God actually wants to come in to your poverty to your need. God wants to come where it's empty. Jesus wants to be in your family problems. Jesus wants to be in your anger. Jesus wants to be in your addiction. Jesus wants to meet you in your sin. You know, sin is very shameful, especially certain sins. It beats us up. We feel like it's darkness and we can't go to the light. And yet Jesus wants to shine light into it. Do not be afraid of Jesus. He loves you. Will you let Jesus into the most difficult places of your heart? Will you be humble enough to accept the Lord? There is nothing greater than a relationship with Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, good. And yet the question remains, what blocks us from that relationship? Why don't we have a full relationship with Jesus? The devil, the devil can't remove Jesus 
fully from this culture. He's trying, but he can't. But he will do two things, two main things that I'm seeing. He will distract us and he will lie to us. He's the father of lies. First thing he'll do is he will distract us with noise. So much busyness. This month I gave up social media and it's like freedom. It's the best feeling. He will distract us with all the anxieties of the world, all the fears. Who here is anxious? You don't have to raise your hand. Who here is anxious about something? Do you believe that God will provide in your anxiety? The second thing he will do is he will lie to you. And one of the main lies of this culture is that faith should be just a part of your life. Should Jesus be a part of your life? No, he shouldn't. What do you mean, Abuna? Jesus should not be a part of your life. Jesus should be the foundation of your life. Jesus is meant to be the foundation. In Matthew 7, Jesus talks about two foundations. If you don't build your foundation on Jesus, your house is built on sand, and the storms come in your life, and your house will be destroyed. Jesus is not meant to be a part of your life. Today you're at Mass, right? Obviously, you came to the 6 o'clock Mass, a part of your day. But is Jesus the foundation of your day? That doesn't mean I'm always thinking about Jesus. But it does mean that everything I do is in the name of Jesus. It's grounded in truth. It's grounded in our faith. Our faith is meant to direct our every action. Jesus is the foundation. He is the firm foundation. So how can you make him that? I want us to learn from Mary. The gospel today says, Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Can you just, I'm going to have you repeat that. Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. So the first suggestion I want us to do, I want us to retreat, get away from the noise of the world. Enter into silence. Go into prayer. Close your room and pray to God in your secret place, which is in your heart. And so we're going to do something very quickly. We're going to take 30 seconds of complete silence right now. How many thoughts entered into your mind in those 30 seconds? And yet God speaks in the silence. We've got to get away from the noise and into the secret place of our hearts where there is true peace. You know, noise that's so loud all the time, eventually we get used to it. Who here has ever turned on the TV and then someone walks in and says, Hey, why is it so loud? And you never realized it was that loud. And then you turned it down and you're like, whoa, I was loud. 
Or when your moms and grandmas are yelling on the phone, it's like, Mom, why are you yelling? Oh, I I didn't realize. (laughs) Okay, that was a joke. But we don't realize the noise until we step into the silence. And Mary pondered all of these things in her heart. The second thing is to meditate on God's love. Have a daily practice of meditating on what God is saying to you. And so, there's so many distractions, and obviously, we can't get rid of these, right? This is a reality of our lives. If I say I want to have a flip phone and get rid of my my smartphone, it's not going to happen, right? But what we can do is use these to our advantage. So I want you to all take out your phones right now. Take them out. Most of you have iPhones. And if you have an iPhone, pull it out. Abuna gives you permission to pull out your phone in church. It's not Abe, just for this second. And I want you to open up a reminder. Put a reminder in your phone. Every single day, remind yourself it's time to pray. Every single day. Preferably 3 p.m. It's the hour of mercy when Jesus died on the cross. Every single day. And here's just a suggestion. Write down at 3 p.m. daily reminder, Jesus, I love you for loving me. Jesus, I love you for loving me. Help me love you more. That's it. At 3 p.m., you seek to love Christ who loves you first. On behalf of Father Samim, Father Fadi, and myself, we'd like to wish you a very Merry Christmas. We love you so much. God is great and God loves you.